Welcome to Meadowbrook Church, loving Jesus by loving people. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. Well, here we are this morning. I hope you're glad to be here today. And as we dive into the Word, uh, just I want to give you a quick update. Uh, my name is Mesh, I'm one of the pastors here. We were uh, away for a while. We were at Camp Crossroads, which is a camp that we're affiliated with. Uh, I got to speak at Family Camp there for a week. Had a great time in ministry out there. If you've never been to Family Camp ever, uh, we've been to Family Camp before. Uh, but when you get to go to Family Camp, here's what's cool about Family Camp as a parent. Your food is taken care of. Amen. So there's no cooking involved. Secondly, which we appreciate a ton of, and if you took your kids to Disneyland or some other place, you still got to do stuff with your kids and plan activities, etc. right? At camp, bye-bye, kids. Like, you can just go do your own thing. They go hang out. It's a trusted place. Lots of activity going on for them. So it gave us the opportunity to, to get a little bit of rest, but for me as a, as a speaker that week, to do some ministry with people and hang out. So Camp Crossroads is a great ministry. God's doing some great things out there. If you've never been, it was the first time for us to be at Camp Crossroads. Beautiful location, beautiful lake. We had a good time out there, so thank you for your prayers. And after that, we took some time off to recover from camp and a busier ministry. We, we kind of chilled out, went to Niagara Falls, overrated. But anyways, we'll continue to go on. Uh, it was good. The falls itself is really good, and I'll refer to that in a minute as we dive in uh, to the sermon here this morning. Just want to encourage you this morning. Uh, we're talking about... Uh, red, yellow, and green, and I'm going to get to the title in a second, but as we think about being at church this morning, I don't know where you're at spiritually. I don't want to make any assumption that every single person in this room knows the Lord Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I don't want to make that assumption at all, and yet, as we come together, we want to talk about evangelism. I know you're shocked. I'm talking about evangelism. Wow, Matt's just talking about evangelism. I love talking about this because I think it's important for us, but today we're going to talk about how we can share Jesus and what we can do in our lives in very practical and simple ways and what it means when we talk about the gospel. And so that's what we're going to dive into this morning. And before we get into that, there's a, a video I want to show you. Before we get to the video, we often talk about inviting people to church. And here's a great example of a video on how maybe you can invite somebody to church. Let's roll that video, please. like every week but would you like to ride to church with me oh come on mrs edwards you'll like my church we have some hot music it may not be what you're bumping at all but it's hot we get down what do you say mrs edwards oh i suppose I've heard it said that 80% of first-time church visitors come because someone personally invited them. 
All people need to feel loved and wanted. And for some people, it just takes having someone offer to give them a ride to church. We have something great going on at this church. People's lives are being transformed by God's love. Your homework this week is to find at least one person who could use a little more of that love and invite them to come with you next week. Trust me, it's worth the extra effort. Mrs. Edwards, you want to listen to some music on the way? Go ahead, your choice. Okay, here we are. Now, how many of you have a Mrs. Edwards in your community that you can think of this morning that listen to beatbop music like that, right? Can you imagine? What's, what's interesting about that, you know, he had a bit of a relation with her because he sounds like he invites her on a regular basis and uh, stereotype was erased there a little bit. But uh, as we think about inviting people to church, uh, the title again is Red, Yellow, and Green. Now, what does it mean? It refers to a traffic light, okay? And so I want you to think about evangelism that way this morning, okay? You're going to know people in your life that are red. What I mean by that, they're opposed to the gospel. They're not ready for the gospel. They don't want to hear about the gospel. They're building up walls against it. Every time you bring it up, they just brush up against you. They have no interest whatsoever. You know people like that. You might have family members like that. You might have friends like that, your neighbors, etc. Then there's people that are yellow, okay? They're somewhat open. They're kind of interested in spiritual things. They're open to a conversation. If you invite them to church, they may take you up on it, or they might show some interest. You could give them a book, perhaps, or maybe even show them a website, and they might go, you know what, I'm, I'm sort of interested. And you got people that are green. Okay, now these folks, obviously the power of the Holy Spirit, they'll be drawn unto Christ. We get that. But these are folks that are wide open to a gospel conversation, that love to talk about faith, that are open to conversations you're having with them, and it's this ongoing back-and-forth dialogue that you're having. Now, you can think of people like that in your life. I know lots of people that are the color red and folks that are yellow and green. And I have different family members like that. I've got friends that are in different boats that way as well. But it's an opportunity for us to look at evangelism that simply. Now, as you think of somebody who's in the red category and someone comes to mind, what have you done over the years? to kind of encourage that conversation about faith. You know, and if you've done that, you might be discouraged because there's some roadblocks that come up. And somebody who's yellow, when they start, you know, letting the cracks in their armor down a little bit, they start showing some interest, that kind of gets you excited, doesn't it? There's opportunity as the Holy Spirit's leading. And for green, it's just, it's this wide open season of being able to talk about Jesus Christ in a way that's understandable for them and for you, and a real opportunity to cultivate more relationship with them about Jesus. See, the Bible says in Romans 3.23, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, every single one of us. The Bible also says that Jesus came, he was sent to save us, but not to come into this world to condemn us, but to save us. And that's great, and that's amazing, and that's something we need to consider. But you also have to understand, too, there's something that's gone on in our world, and it happened a long time ago, and it's called sin. And it's a word that we don't always necessarily talk about in the church. Sometimes when we share the gospel with people, we might be afraid of talking about sin and what it means to break the heart of God and what it means to be a sinner. And here's the bottom line. Every single one of us is a sinner. That's the reality. But we're saved by grace, which is exciting, isn't it? And as we talk about the gospel with people, I would encourage you to let people know there is an issue. 
There is a problem between us and God, and that reason and what it is, it's sin. And we shouldn't be afraid of that word. Now, we don't use that word to lambaste anybody or shame anybody or anything like that, but we have to get to the heart of this if we're going to share the gospel in very effective ways. Because sometimes what happens in church is we skirt around the issue of sin, and we're afraid to bring it up because somebody might be offended by it. See, I believe this, that we see Jesus often talking about sin in people's lives, but he does it in such a way that still offers grace. Yes, he did it in some ways where he challenges religious leaders and other people to say, here's what's going on. Look at your heart. And every single one of us is in that journey. So as we think about evangelism, realize there's a gap between us and God. But what happened was we are reconciled to God because of Jesus Christ. And he decided to come down on earth because his father sent him for us to die for us, to please his heavenly father, so we can have eternal life and be saved from the wrath of God. Amen? That's the truth, isn't it? And I pray you're living there today. And if you're not living there today, we hope and pray that you will find the hope that comes in Christ. And it's imperative on us as Christ followers, if that is you this morning, that we share the gospel. But we need to do it in such a way that people get it. I know lots of Christ followers that don't know how to share the gospel that just don't know how to do it. And that's why we're doing this conversation today, because I think it's very important for us to understand that Christ died on the cross, and he was the payment for our sin, and we can accept that sacrifice by believing who Jesus Christ is, that he is the Son of God. And there is a plan of salvation for every single one of us, and we need to recognize this as well. See, God's not a scorekeeper. He just isn't. If he kept score of all the things I've done wrong, I wonder if he'd run out of paper. Because God is not like that. And that's encouraging, and please know that. Maybe some of you experience this in your life, where God has been told you that he's out to get you. He's going to keep track of everything you're doing really wrong. And it makes you kind of go, well, why would I want to worship a God like that? Why would I attend a church like that when God is keeping track of all the bad things we're doing? See, I used to think this. Uh, you guys know what your SIN number is? You know the number they give you to make sure you're an official Canadian, you can find a job, et cetera, et cetera. I think there's nine digits in that number. I used to think this back in the day when I got my SIN number card when I came to Christ. I looked at that number one day because they call it a SIN number. I thought those are the amount of sins I was allowed to do in my lifetime before it was over. And so my SIN number, I won't tell you my SIN number, but it starts with 723. I'm kind of going, okay, where am I on the counter right now? Am I tracking Okay. That's how deluded my thinking was. And sometimes in the church, there's people that think like that. And that barrier I talked about is sin that we've done. But the beautiful thing is we've been saved by grace. And the Bible says this. Again, I've said this before. I'll say it again. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to receive by faith. I think about the Heavenly Father sending Jesus, his son, and watching Jesus suffer. And yet, God loves us so much, he sent his son to suffer for us, as an atonement for us, to be received by faith. That, to me, is exciting and very humbling to think that God would do that for us. We don't deserve it, we haven't earned it, but that's what grace is about. 
And that's exciting and that's good and it gives us hope and it gives us the answer that we have, which is Jesus. And that's what we need to understand as we share the gospel with people, that there's hope. But it's okay to tell people that we're on a broken path without Christ and let's not be afraid of that. We have to have those kind of conversations. It's an important thing to do. Now, the answer again is Jesus. The Bible says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I love that. John 14, 6, right? Jesus is answering this question to people. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's no other way. There's no way through our job, through our salary, through our title, through other religions, Jesus is the way. He is the truth and the life. And the only way we get reconciled with God the Father is through Jesus Christ. That's the bottom line. Amen, brother. Amen. And that's the truth. And that's exciting. Because if you have accepted Christ, you've been reconciled with God, the creator of the universe, who made creation with the snap of his finger. And we have every right to sit in front of that throne in our weakness, in our struggle, in our sin. And he accepts us. Wow! That is exciting, isn't it? That is honestly exciting. The creator of the universe says, Mesh, come. Think about that for a second. Wrap your head around that for a second. He created everything, but we have access to him. That gives me chills up my back in a very good way because there's power and there's awe in God the Father. And we, as Christ followers, have been saved by grace because of Jesus Christ. So as you think about this morning, as you think about what we are about, and we have this story to give people, and we need to tell people the story, because Jesus did not come to judge or condemn us. Now let's say one day you're driving your beautiful car down the highway, and for me it's a minivan, and they don't go very fast. I'm driving in my minivan. And I'm having a good time and listening to music like he saw in that video this morning. And I'm having fun and I'm having a good time. But I don't realize all of a sudden I'm going really fast. I'm going really, really fast. Now picture yourself in this scenario. The police officer comes to your door. A fine gentleman from the OPP knocks you in your window. Hey, do you know how fast you're going? Well, I don't, but you're probably going to tell me anyway. And they tell you, and you've gone over the speed limit, and it's so huge that you're going to probably have to go to jail because it's such a big violation. Okay? So the police officer says, you need to come with me. We're going to go down to the police station. I'm going to sit you in front of a judge, and they're going to talk to you and talk about your punishment and what needs to happen. So the judge is there talking to you, and you're 100 miles over the speed limit. Yes, my Honda Odyssey can go that fast, <laughs> believe it or not. And the punishment is $1,000 or six months in jail. And you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't have $1,000. And the judge asks you that question, and I'm going through my pockets, and I pull up like $2, and I'm kind of short. And the judge looks at me directly, slams his gavel down, and he says, you're guilty. And you're sitting in this courtroom, and you know what to do. You're fearful. Who's going to help me? What's going to happen? And then something happens. The judge decides to take off his robe, he comes down from the stand, and he walks over to me or yourself, and he looks in the eyes with compassion, and he says this to you. I had to do that to you as a judge, but I don't want you to have to go to jail, so now I will go to jail and take your punishment for you. 
And that's what the judge would do. And take your place for the punishment that you should have received. See, that's what Jesus did for us. Isn't that simple? But it's so profound, isn't it? I've often said the gospel message is the most simplest message, but it's the most profound message you can ever share with an individual. See, we were, the, we were guilty of sin, of breaking the law, but Jesus took off his robe, and he came down, and he looked me in the eye, he looked you in the eye with compassion, and he says, I got you. I will go to the cross. And that's what we should be telling people. That's what we should encourage people by. And it's something that we need to understand and figure out as we talk about the gospel with people. Now, as we share this with people, we, we want to give people an opportunity to respond as well. And we tell people that uh, about Jesus Christ. And often we hear the scripture, John 3.16, you go to football games, it's everywhere you see it. And it talks about, you know, that Jesus was sent down so we wouldn't perish and have eternal life. And yet it continues to read on in the scripture there. It talks about he didn't come to condemn us. And we need to let people know that as well. God has given us so much, and it's amazing that Jesus paid so much for us. Now, I mentioned earlier that we were at Niagara Falls over our holidays, and what we did, we did a boat ride that you can pay for, and you pay some money, you go on this boat, you get all in a nice trench coat that's plastic, they give it to you, and they take this boat, and if you've never done this before, I really encourage you to do this. You get on this boat with, like, hundreds of other people, you're on this boat, and they take you towards the fall on the Canadian side. If you've never been to Niagara Falls outside of the pictures, it's actually quite remarkable. So we're on this boat, and we're getting closer and closer to the falls. I'm like, are we going into the falls? Because we seem to be getting really close. And we're right in the front, right? And my kids are loving it. I'm soaked to the bone. And we're literally like 40 feet away from the falls. It was gorgeous. The, this, the thunderous sound of the falls just made you sit in awe. And I remember just closing my eyes and just soaking in the power of who God is because he created these. And we got to sit in that and watch it. It's a tremendous thing. If you've never done it, I encourage you to do that. Now, the falls is a great place to go check out. And many, many years ago, there's a gentleman. His name was called the Great Bloden. And he was a tightrope rocker. And what he used to do, he used to go on tightropes and walk across the Niagara Falls on the Canadian and the American side. And people love this guy. He was charismatic. He got the crowd into it. And they would often see him go from one side to the other. So one time, he was walking across the tightrope. And he came back to the crowd on the Canadian side. And the crowd was excited. They're shouting his name. Bloden, Bloden, Bloden. And they're just excited. They finally see this guy. Oh, he's doing so well. He's walking around this tightrope over Niagara Falls. Man, this guy's crazy. He's so brave. I can't believe how good he is at it. And he's sitting there. And then Bloda's getting all excited by this crowd. And he asks the question, do you believe in me? And the crowd yells back, we believe. We believe. And they are excited and rambunctious. It was amazing. Just picture that scene at Niagara Falls. And the crowd is yelling and yelling. And then Bolden, in, in that moment, says, if you believe, do you believe, can I get a volunteer that's willing to sit on my back as I walk across the tightrope back to the other side? Who's with me? Come on, who's with me? And the crowd went silent. <laughs> Completely silent. They're, he's looking around, and all this passion, all this excitement about belief and faith in this man dissipated. It was completely gone. And then one man, 
out of the crowd, stepped in, and he said, I believe, I'll do it. And he got onto Bolden's shoulder, and they got across, and they fell into Niagara Falls, it was over. No, I'm just kidding. They made it. They got across, it was all good, and this man stood up on his shoulder, and it showed everybody else that he put trust in this gentleman. And they walked across safely. Now, personally, I would be the guy, not even saying I believe, I'd be going to my car and walking away, because I'm not going across no tightrope on some dude. <laughs> and as I tell you the story, and as they yelled about believing and believing and believing or trusting, see, that's where our faith comes into action as well. The Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith. And when we follow Jesus Christ and when you share the gospel with your friends, we need to ask them to respond in faith. Not blind faith, but for them to understand what it means to follow Jesus Christ. And you talk about the examples in your life, the stories in your life, as you've walked the tightrope of following Jesus. Because if we're being really honest, following Jesus is very hard at times. Am I the only one that thinks that? Because it can be challenging. But the beautiful thing about following Christ is we have hope, we have hope, we have hope. And let's continue to follow Jesus, being all in. But that's the message we need to let people know that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from what? Pastor Chris did a great job on our health series. And that's why we're having this conversation today, because we went from that to now giving us an opportunity to talk about the other option, which is glory with God in heaven versus spending an eternity in hell. And that's why we're having this conversation, because we will be saved from damnation. We will have a relationship with Christ. But it isn't just about turn or burn. It isn't about find Jesus or else. It isn't about that. It's about finding Jesus Christ out of a relationship and following him with grace and mercy and the truth of who he is. And so when we follow Christ and we give our life to him, there's an authentic decision that we're doing it for the right reasons. And as we talk about these things that keep us from God, we talked about sin. We talked about how Jesus can conquer sin. And how we talked about faith, how we have to step out in faith to follow Jesus. And that's what we need to tell people in our life as well as we talk about salvation, as we talk about the things we need to do in our lives. Now, as I talked about earlier, you know people that are on the color spectrum of red, yellow, and green. And you know who they are. And as we talk about sharing the gospel, and I just gave you a very simple, basic way to share the gospel. You start with why we need Jesus, why he came for us. He's the reason of the hope that we have that we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. That's what we need to be sharing with people. Now, in the church over many years, and I'm not railing up against this at all, but I'm saying this is a general comment, there's often been said you have to pray the prayer of salvation, that you have to say certain words to get into the kingdom. That isn't the case at all. If you meet somebody and then sincerely want to give Jesus, they want to give their heart to Christ, you simply need to ask them, do you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord? They say yes. You confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart, they have a relationship with Christ. They confess who Christ is in their life. They acknowledge he is the son of God. They acknowledge that we are broken, that we have been sinful, but Jesus has saved us. Does it hurt to pray with somebody? No, not at all. 
Is it a secret formula? No. Because if that was the case, which one of us would get it right? That's why in Scripture it says what it says about confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart that Jesus is Lord. When my father died a couple years ago now, we talked about that very specific verse. And I walked him through a prayer, what it meant to follow Christ. I explained it in such a way that he understood it. And he said yes to Jesus. And as you think about people in your life, and that was the work of the Holy Spirit, as you think about people in your life and you think about the opportunity you have, have you ever done this? And here's how I'm going to end off with this conversation as we wrap up soon. Have you ever asked your friends, family member, your neighbors, do they want to respond to the gospel? Are they ready to give their life to Christ? Now, I'm talking about folks that are kind of in that yellow-green category that you've been walking with for a long time, and maybe you're hoping they come to you one day and make a phone call and say, hey, Mesh, I'm ready. It may not happen that way. So have you ever taken that bold step of faith and say, hey, we've been talking for a while. I've been sharing the stories about who Jesus is in my life. Would you like to respond to the gospel and remind them again what it is? and see what happens in that moment. And if they say no, that's okay. But you're planting more seeds. And sometimes I think we think that in the church, if we share the gospel with somebody, they're going to come running to us when it's time. Now that may happen, absolutely, 100%. Yet at the end of the day, it's imperative for us to have conversations, to ask people. But all we have to do is start the dialogue and start that conversation and go from there. A couple of weeks ago, as we were on holidays, we were at a local retail store here in Leamington, and Laura was returning something. I was sitting in the patio section with my kids, and I was just sitting there, and a lady decided to sit down across the ring. She was looking at some furniture for her patio, and I said, hi, how are you? What are you looking for? Just started a simple conversation. Three minutes later, she's sharing some real heavy heart stuff out of her life with me. And I listened, I engaged, and here's the best part of this. Well, second best. The best part was planting some seeds for the kingdom. The second part was my kids watched the whole thing, which is pretty cool. I had this conversation with this lady and got to talk to her, told her who I was, invited her to the church, et cetera, et cetera. And as we finished our conversation, and she shared some pretty heavy things, as she was leaving, she said to me, she goes, you know what, Mesh? I don't talk like this with anybody. And I just thought to myself, and I said, that's God working in your heart. Will I ever see her again? I am praying I will, that she comes here one day. But we started a conversation that planted a seed. Now hopefully, Lord willing, someone else will come along, continue to encourage, and who knows, maybe somebody already has, way before I got there. And that's what kingdom building is all about. Now as I wrap this up, I want you to realize this too. Here's what's great about everything we're talking about this morning. As we talk about separation, from Jesus, from, from him. As we talk about salvation that comes with him. We talk about the sacrifice that's been given for us as Christ's followers. As we talk about asking people to respond to the gospel. Here's what the Bible says, and I love this. Luke 15. And you've probably heard this before. If you haven't, I'm going to read it to you again. Luke 15, verses 3 to 7. Then Jesus told him this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you the truth, that in the same way, 
there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So in a nutshell, when somebody comes to Jesus Christ in faith, there's a party in heaven. When you came to faith, Jesus got people together, and guess what? Woo! They celebrated. They celebrated me. They celebrated you. And if you haven't come to Christ yet, we want you to have a party in heaven. That's amazing to me. And who says the church is boring? Jesus tells us straight up in Scripture, there's a party going on. Best party ever. That's awesome. And that's what sharing the gospel is about. For us to give away what Jesus has freely given us. And that freedom came with a cost, which is Christ's body and his life for us. And he resurrected. He's in heaven, hanging out with God the Father. We have no idea when he's coming back. But he's coming back one day. Whew, that's going to be awesome. And as you consider Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as you think about people on this color spectrum, I want to encourage you in this. Don't stop praying. Don't stop sharing the gospel. Don't stop talking about how good God's been in your life, even in heavy circumstance, because everybody knows somebody that is far from Christ. Pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. Pray there be openings in their heart, that their blinders would be removed, that their ears would be open, their hearts would be open, and pray diligently for them, and pray that other Christ followers would come into their life. Pray they'd be open to coming to church one day. See, Meadowbrook is a church where I would have complete freedom and peace to invite people to. This is the kind of church that you want to invite people to. Amen? Amen. And we have had people come to this church from our community that have never stepped into a church, and they feel so loved and welcomed here. And I'm going to pick on somebody right now. This wasn't planned. My brother Travis in the front row. Travis, I'm going to get you to stand up real quick. This brother is from the bridge. We've been walking with Travis for a long time. No, have a seat, brother, right there. It's good. This man and I have connected on some pretty deep levels, and I'm so grateful for that. But you know what's beautiful? I'm going to tell the story, Travis, real quick. He hasn't stepped into church for a long time. And he went to a church in our city. It doesn't matter what church. He had a bad experience many times over. Prayed and encouraged him to come here one day. And he's been coming faithfully. As a matter of fact, he's, like, he's here like at 7 in the morning. And we don't open that early. He's making us pastors look bad. You know what I'm saying? And he comes faithfully every Sunday, stays for a long time, and here's where it's beautiful. You guys have fully accepted him, tattoos and all. Hallelujah for that. And he invited a friend even today, Travis did. He's doing evangelism as well. And here's the thing. Every single one of us more, more likely knows somebody like a Travis that we need to simply invite to come alongside and see what God does. We were praying one day for Travis's staff. I was telling the story. I'd love to see Travis come to church. I've invited him. I hang out with the bridge, etc., etc. We're praying for him on a Tuesday morning. He's never been to Meadowbrook. Wednesday morning, he pops into my office and he hangs out. And I was blown away that God answered our prayer that quickly. And he's been here ever since. Love it. That's Jesus doing a great work in people's hearts. And as we think about evangelism, 
That's what we should be doing, taking that invitation, taking that step, and asking people to come, but more importantly, to come to the invitation that's open to the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Lord, I'm so overwhelmed by your grace this morning and so thankful for your sacrifice, that you did it to please your heavenly Father and you did it because you love us. Thank you for being the substitute for our sin, for going to the cross, for being faithful in that. I pray in Jesus' name that we would just know the hope of that today. And Lord, for those people in our life that are on this color spectrum, that are far from you, I pray, Lord, that you'd bring opportunity, bring words of courage and encouragement for people that need to share. Open doors. Open that door just a little crack even today, Lord, that people will be receptive and open. And Lord, when we share the gospel, help us to do it in such a way that speaks truth, speaks truth, but with love and with grace. And Lord, I know I can always be better at that. And I pray every single one of us would do that as well, that we would not look at anybody that we're better but we look at people because we have the hope that comes in you. So I pray, Lord, today you would start the work in all of us. Thank you for this church. Thank you for how it just welcomes people in such special ways. Thank you for the stories like Travis and others that have come through our doors that have felt welcomed here. And yet I know we can always sharpen that area for ourselves, Lord. And I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit that our reputation in this community would be overflowed because we show grace. And that would be for all churches in our community, for our churches to be full of people that are far from you, people that know you, so your voice can be heard in this community. Thank you for each one this morning. And as we think about those people on this color spectrum, Jesus, I pray today, as we think about inviting somebody to church or having a conversation, give us courage. And I pray next week as we hang out at Hogs for Hospice, there'll be lots of people that are far from you that can just come and feel welcome. Lord, be blessed and glorified in this church. Thank you for the heritage here. Thank you for the history here. Thank you for the work you're doing. And we're so grateful for how you love us and you take care of us and that you sacrifice so much for us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we wrap the service, if you come here this morning and you need to pray with anyone, the prayer team will be available. They're folks that have been trained on how to pray with people, place to be encouraged. And if you are on the track of faith and trying to figure this thing out or you're feeling like you just need prayer and how Jesus is speaking to you, we encourage you to come forward this morning. Or if you're just going through some things you need to be ministered through, we encourage you to come forward. And as people come forward to get prayed over, we want you to visit and hang out. We ask you to do that in the foyer, just down by the cafe as well. And on that note, if you've come here this morning, and if you haven't met someone before or somebody is new to you, we encourage you to go say hi. Let's pray as we wrap up. Lord, thank you again that you are marvelous, you are wonderful. Even in those dark times, Lord, that we face, I pray that we lean into that. Thank you for your love. Thank you for each person this morning. And I pray in Jesus' name again, give us a great week that, Lord, you must provide us providential moments and conversation that we know are led by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for your grace, for your forgiveness, for your love, and for what you're doing and the things we see and don't see. And we pray also, Lord, for our families and friends that are far from you, that, God, you would open up those doors to a conversation and that your Holy Spirit would soften the hearts of all people that we know so we could celebrate those parties in heaven with you. We ask this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Have a great Sunday.